Welcome to A.T. Stewart and Sons Ministries. I'm your host, A.T. Stewart. I'm glad you've chosen to join us today as we look into the Word of God. So take your Bibles and let's hang out in God's Word for a few moments and see what God would say to us today. It's American as baseball, motherhood, and apple pie. We as Americans have prided ourselves in that we have exalted motherhood in our country. We've held motherhood as a very honorable and sacred thing. We have affirmed the glory and the dignity of motherhood. Yet, what I'm seeing in our nation today is a subtle undermining of motherhood. As we have allowed secular humanism to influence the values of our society, the glory and dignity of motherhood has come under attack. This has occurred in the last 50 to 75 years. And the result is a sub-biblical view of motherhood, devoid of the great glory and honor that God gives motherhood. Now, you doubt what I'm saying. I know some of you are. So let me ask you some questions that will bring it home to you. All right, first question. How many teenage girls do you know whose career goal is to be a godly mother? How many teenage girls do you know, if you went up to them and said, what's your career goal? They would say, my career goal is to be a godly mother. Yet go back 75 years ago to 1915. If you'd gone up to the average teenage girl then, you would have gotten a much different answer than what you're getting today. Second question. How many high schools do you know that are encouraging young girls to the high calling of motherhood above all other careers? How many? Thirdly, how many of us with daughters are raising them to see motherhood as the most important and greatest calling a woman can have? How many of us have fallen into the sub-biblical view that a woman who has chosen motherhood as her sole career has shortchanged herself. In some way, as a second-class person, is failing to reach her full potential. You see, it's no longer enough for a woman to be a wife and a mother to be fulfilled and to be complete. She must have another career besides motherhood in order to be fulfilled and complete. Now, motherhood was enough for June Cleaver and Margaret Anderson of the 1950s. But motherhood in itself is not enough for Claire Huxtable of the 1980s. She must have motherhood plus a career as a lawyer. And it's not an economic situation. Her husband is an OBGYN, and so it's not a matter of economic situation that she has to have another career. Now, I realize that there are economic circumstances in some families that force the mother to have another career in addition to motherhood. And I'm not talking about those situations. What I'm talking about is the idea that if a woman chooses to have her sole career as a mother, that she cannot be fulfilled and reach her full potential. I'm talking about the idea that I must have another career 
in order to be the total person that I can be, in order to have the full potential reached, I must be something other than only a mother. That is what secular humanism has pervaded in our society. And I'm afraid even Christians have gathered this view. And suddenly we think, well, it's not enough just to be a mother. You must be more than a mother. If you're going to really be fulfilled in life. If you're going to reach your full potential. If you're going to use all your talents and abilities to their fullest, you must be more than a mother. Being a mother is not enough. Now, you can have this view, of course. You have a right to have any view you want to have. But what I want you to know is that it's not God's view. And this view is sub-biblical. It is below the teachings of Scripture. God's Word gives no greater calling for women than Christian motherhood. Being a Christian wife and a mother is the career-deserving of a woman's highest aspirations and ambitions. Christian motherhood is the top of the line. You don't get any higher than that, ladies. God's Word teaches that there is nothing more worthy and glorious for the Christian woman than being a godly mother and a godly wife. Now, we see the great glory and dignity that God gives motherhood in our passage today, which is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 1 Timothy, take your Bibles. If you're visiting, we encourage you to take a pew Bible. 1 Timothy chapter 2. We've also provided a place in your bulletin for you to take notes. And I want to encourage you to do that. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. In 1 Timothy 2.15, we read these words. But women shall be preserved through the bearing of children, if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. Now, you see the word preserved? It is literally, in the Greek, the word saved. Saved. So it should read this way. But women shall be saved through the bearing of children, if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. Now, when this verse is properly understood, and I hope that when we're finished today, we will properly understand it, you will see the great glory and honor and dignity that God places upon motherhood. In this verse, as well as in the rest of the teachings of Scripture. Now, the first thing we're going to see this morning is God's design found in the first part of the verse, and then God's condition found in the second part. First, God's design. But women shall be saved through the bearing of children. Now, first, we're going to talk about what this does not mean. What this does not mean. First of all, it does not mean that... Women shall be physically saved in childbearing. It doesn't mean that no Christian woman will ever die during childbirth. First, that would not be true to the text. And then secondly, from experience, we know that is not true. So it doesn't mean physical salvation, saved from death. 
Secondly, it does not refer to the Virgin Mary and the birth of Jesus. Paul is not saying, as the Holy Spirit has given him direction, but women shall be saved through the bearing of children, meaning Jesus being born through the Virgin Mary. Again, it's totally out of the context of the passage for Paul to mean that. Thirdly, it does not mean that a woman receives spiritual salvation through bearing children. It does not mean that a woman receives spiritual salvation when she bears children. First of all, because all of Scripture teaches a salvation through faith, not through works. The Bible teaches throughout that faith is the means of salvation. We are saved by grace through faith. It's not as a result of works. And so to say that a woman is working to earn her salvation when she gives birth is to violate the rest of Scripture. So it cannot mean that a woman is earning her spiritual salvation through bearing children. Well, then what does it mean? Well, there are two keys that we must use to unlock the meaning of this passage. The first key is to understand the meaning of the word saved or preserved in the New American Standard Translation. What does the word mean? Well, there are many uses of the word saved in the New Testament. It can be used, and it is used, of people being healed of a sickness. The word says, and they were saved Translated, they were healed. Secondly, it is used of somebody being saved from a shipwreck. It's also used of a person being saved from false teachings. And of course, the usage you're most familiar with, it's used of a person being spiritually saved. But it is also used in the sense of spiritual growth. In the sense of growing into spiritual maturity. It's used in the sense of sanctification. Now, hold your place in Timothy and turn to the left to the book of Philippians chapter 2, where we will see the word salvation used in the sense of spiritual growth, of growing into Christ-likeness. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2. Look in verse 12. Paul says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work, for his good pleasure. Paul says, work out your salvation, meaning you work out what God has already worked in. You grow into the fullness of your salvation. The Bible teaches salvation is much more than being saved from hell. Much more than that. Salvation means having victory over sin and temptation. Salvation means growing into Christ-likeness. Salvation means growing into the fullness of of our salvation. It means being conformed to the image of Jesus so that Jesus lives his life through you. And so to work out your salvation doesn't mean work for your salvation. It means to grow into spiritual maturity. 
You are saved at the moment that you, by faith, receive Christ. You're born again into His kingdom. You are saved. But in the true sense also, Scripture says, we are being saved as we grow in spiritual maturity. And we will be saved from the wrath of God and the coming judgment for sin. And so when Paul says, work out your salvation, he is speaking about spiritual growth, maturity, sanctification, Christ-likeness. And so Paul says, back in 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul says, Therefore a woman or women are preserved, they are to grow in spiritual maturity, they are to work out their salvation, they are to grow into Christ-likeness. Through childbearing. Now this is further verified by the second part of verse 15. When Paul says, if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. You see, if they continue, the continuing process, the aspect of growing into spiritual maturity. You know, the Bible says that when we're born again, we're like babes in Christ. And we are to grow into mature Men and women in Christ. We're to grow into the full measure of the stature of Christ. And that's what he's talking about here. And so the first key is to understand that he is saying through the direction of the Spirit of God, but women shall work out their salvation. They shall grow into spiritual maturity. They shall grow into Christ-likeness. They shall reach their full potential through the bearing of children. Now, the second key to unlock this passage is what is meant by the bearing of children. I think he means more than simply giving birth. More than simply giving birth. I believe Paul uses this term to represent the whole scope of motherhood. From bearing children to raising children to the household duties of a homemaker to being a Christian wife and mother and everything that's involved, I believe he has in mind When he says child-bearing. Because once you bear them, that is not the end, is it, ladies? That is only the beginning. And I think he's taken the beginning and said, now, starting with that and everything else involved is what we're talking about. Now, turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 5 and look in verse 14. Again, here Paul mentions bearing children in the context of other duties of motherhood. And therefore, I think he has all of these in mind in our passage in chapter 2, 1 Timothy 5, 14. Therefore, I want younger widows to get married, bear children, keep house, and give the enemy no occasion for reproach. And so there, Paul is using the concept of motherhood, bearing children, keeping house, being married, and he uses them all together. And I believe here in chapter 2, when he says bearing children, he's talking about everything involved in motherhood. Now, notice the phrase through, through the bearing of children, or if you would use my loose translation, through motherhood. What does he mean by that? He's talking about the accompanying circumstances of motherhood. He's talking about in the realm of of motherhood. He's talking about in the arena of motherhood. All right, now let's take the first part of the verse and let me read it again, giving you the interpretation that we have. He says, but women shall 
grow into spiritual maturity, shall work out their salvation, shall grow into Christ-likeness in the realm of motherhood and all that's involved in being a wife and a mother. The rigors of raising children, keeping house, fixing meals, being a submissive wife, this is God's refiner's fire to purify the Christian woman and bring her into spiritual maturity. All of those trials and heartaches of motherhood are the crucible that God uses to mold you as a Christian lady into the likeness of Jesus Christ. To mold you into the image of His Son. Now that's why motherhood is the greatest career a woman can choose. No career in all the world is better suited to mold you into the image of Christ than motherhood. Now what's the most important thing in this whole life, in this whole world? It's for you as a Christian to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's God's purpose for each of us, for men and women alike, that we be conformed to the image of Christ, that we be like Jesus, that we have the character qualities of Jesus. And what God is saying here is that His design, His realm, the arena that He's chosen, that Christian women are to grow into the likeness of Christ, to learn the character qualities of Christ, to be conformed to the image of Christ, is the arena of motherhood and all that's involved in it. And all the trials and the heartaches and the frustrations and the dirty diapers that God has designed to conform you to the image of Christ. Now you see the glory and the dignity that God has placed upon motherhood. That is where He has chosen the realm, the arena. He's chosen, ladies, for you to grow into Christ-likeness. To reach your full Christian potential. It's in all the rigorous, the heartaches and and the um, hardships of motherhood. Now you see in verse 15, the but at the beginning of the verse. Now he's been talking in chapter 2 about women not taking authority over men in verse 12. And they're not to teach men. They're not to be in the areas of leadership in the home and in the church. What he's saying is, but your arena for working out your salvation is not in the area of leadership in the home or in the church, but your arena to work out your salvation is in the context of motherhood. That's where I have chosen for you to grow into your full spiritual potential and maturity. And so you see, what God is doing is He's elevating motherhood to a very high state of honor and dignity and glory. He's saying, this is my crucible. This is my refiner's fire for you to purify you and to make you like Jesus. Now this is God's design. You see, there is no other career that is more demanding and is more difficult for a woman than motherhood. Therefore, it is in the hard times that we grow spiritually. It's not in the easy times. The lilies don't grow on the mountaintops. They grow in the valleys. And it is because it is so difficult, ladies. It is because it is so hard and trying and so demanding of you that God wants to use that 
to mold you into the image of Christ. How does an athlete reach his full potential? Take, for instance, a marathon runner who would run 15 miles on a marathon. How does he reach his full potential as a marathon runner? How does he reach the place that he is running the fastest he can run for those 15 miles? Does he do that by going out and running 100 yards every day? Does he do that by going out and running five miles even a day? No. He has to push himself to his limit. And he will run around 20 or 30 miles a day. He pushes himself to his absolute limit that he might reach his full potential. And ladies, I know of no place that you'll be reached, excuse me, that you'll be pushed to your limit anymore than motherhood. It is in that realm, in that arena, that God has designed that you will be pushed and you'll have to depend on Him. And in that pushing to your full limit, that you will and should, and it's His design, that you reach your full Christian potential. But it's not automatic. And there we come to the second part of the verse, God's condition. You see, this is a conditional sentence. He says, if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. Spiritual growth is not automatic. Just because you're a Christian, just because you are a mother, does not mean you'll grow into spiritual maturity automatically. God has placed a condition here. If they continue. Now, that word continue means to remain. It means to stay in these qualities or that these qualities will be continuously evident in your life. That you're to carry forth the duties of motherhood with these qualities at work in you. And then that motherhood will bring you into your full Christian potential. And the construction of this sentence in the original is such that Paul very much expects the ladies to have these qualities. It's one of those conditions that you expect to happen. That's like saying we will have a picnic today if it doesn't rain and it's clear as a bell at 11 o'clock. You expect it to be clear. Paul is saying that you will grow into your spiritual maturity in the realm of motherhood if you have these qualities and I expect you to have them in your motherhood. And what are those essential qualities that a woman must have if she's going to grow into the fullness of Christ in motherhood? First, faith, he mentions. Faith. Now, remember what faith is. Faith is the conviction of things not seen. Faith is when you believe God's Word over what these eyes can see. Now, let me tell you, a mother needs to have faith. She has got to have a tremendous amount of faith. Because she's got to believe what God says over what her eyes might be telling her. For instance, she must have faith that motherhood is God's design... For her to reach her full potential. You say, you've got to have faith that what God's Word says is true and that it is in motherhood. That He's designed for you to reach your full potential. You see, there'll be some days that you will look around with these eyes and you'll see dirty dishes that need to be washed. You'll see floors that need to be swept. 
You'll see clothes that need to be washed. You'll see beds that need to be made. You'll see diapers that need to be changed. You'll see toys that need to be picked up. You'll see bathrooms that need to be cleaned. And it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. It is in those occasions that you've got to say, me reach my full potential in this? I'm worn out and it isn't isn't even 9 o'clock yet. Me reach my full potential? And by faith you must say, yes, God's Word says this is the arena that He has designed for me to grow into spiritual maturity. It takes faith, ladies. It takes faith to believe that motherhood is the most important calling for a woman. You see other women going to work, nicely dressed, going out to eat every day for lunch. And there you are at home, stuck with children, having to discipline them constantly. You feel like a failure. You think, what in the world have I accomplished today? And then you sit down and once you finally get them down for a nap and you turn on the television and you see this glamorous actresses walking around having this glamorous life. And by faith, you must believe God's Word that this is the most important thing you can do. And society will never tell you that. You won't pick up women's magazines and tell you the most important thing you can do is be a mother. But let me tell you, God's Word says it. God's Word is clear on this subject. And so you must, by faith, believe what God says over what the world says. Let me tell you something, ladies. There are over one million people. There are over one million people that can replace you at that job at work and do just as good. But there is not one person in this world that can be the mother and love those children like you can. Don't think you're irreplaceable at work. You can be replaced. But you can't be replaced at home. No woman living can love those children, your children, and be the mother to them that you can be. You must by faith believe it is God's arena for you to grow in the full Christian maturity. And it is the most important career a woman can have. Secondly, he says there must be the quality of love. Now, what is love? The Bible defines love as self-giving. As self-sacrificing. Now, I know of no other person who's called on to be as self-giving, as self-sacrificing as mothers are. You give and you give and you give and you give until you think there's nothing left to give, and then you have to give more. You're up at 3 o'clock in the morning. You're on call 24 hours a day. You don't get vacations. You don't get days off. Three meals a day have to be fixed 365 days a year. Clothes have to be washed. Diapers have to be changed. You have to give and sacrifice and give. And who appreciates it? Who compliments you for it? Who even notices it? Usually your children are too immature to really appreciate it until they are grown and have children of their own. And many husbands are oblivious to what you're going through, and so they don't appreciate it as they should. By the way, men, let me recommend something to help you grow in appreciation for your wives and the mother of your children. You take one day now that you start off first thing and you say, honey, you're off today. Do anything you want to do. Just get out of the house. I'm taking over today totally, absolutely. 
You get the kids up, you fix the breakfast for them, you change the diapers, you straighten up the house, you fix lunch, you change the diapers, you wash whatever clothes need to be washed, you put them down for the naps, you give them their baths, you fix supper that night, you change diapers, you... That's the way it is, folks, if you don't believe it. You put three of them in diapers and you'll see. And then you put them down at night, you clean up the kitchen, you wash the dishes. And let me promise you, you'll have a new appreciation for your wife. And you'll be singing praises to her. Folks, we couldn't pay somebody to do what they do. So ladies, it takes love, that self-sacrificing love. Motherhood takes the great love, the love that God will supply as you trust Him for it. You come to the end of your rope and you say, I just can't go any, I just can't go any further. You've got two or three sick at home. It's been raining all day and all the other kids have been stuck inside and they're going like crazy and you're about to scream and then you hear something break. And you go in there and it's all over the floor, your favorite vase in little itty bitty pieces. And you just say, Lord, I feel like I'm going to fall apart right here. And you just call on the Lord and He'll give you that grace and patience that you need. Love is patient. It takes a love that God can give. But it is as you exercise that self-giving love, mothers. You see, God knew that it requires more self-giving to be a mother than anything else. And He knew that the essence of being Christ-like is what? Giving. That's what Jesus did all the time. He gave. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Jesus said, he that is greatest in the kingdom is not the one that leads, but the one who serves. And God knew, ladies, that in motherhood you would serve. And that would be his arena for you to grow into Christ-likeness. As you self-sacrifice and give all day, every day, over and over and over. Third quality. Sanctity with self-restraint. Now, you see this word sanctity, it's just the word holiness. It's the word holiness. It means dying daily unto sin and being renewed unto the holiness of God. It's saying no to the sin nature and yes to God. It's using self-restraint. It's presenting yourself to God as a slave to righteousness. Saying, I'll do only what is right in God's sight. That's what I'm committing myself to do. Now, this word in particular is used of maintaining moral purity and holiness. Turn over a couple of pages to the left to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And we see this word used in the context of moral purity. 1 Thessalonians 4, look in verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Same word, your holiness, your sanctity. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Verse 7. For God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in holiness, in sanctification. So God is saying that mothers must have the essential quality of holiness, purity in their lives, moral purity and holiness. 
Ladies, you must avoid any moral impurity in thought or in word or in deed. You must avoid any impurity in the books you read, in the television shows that you watch, in the movies that you look at. For that quality of holiness must be present. If you're going to grow into your full Christian maturity and motherhood, you must not neglect to have your personal Bible study times. And I know you think, well, I just don't have time. How can I have time to have it? You can make time to have it. Husbands, you can help your wives, and you should help them by taking care of the kids and say, Honey, you go have some time with the Lord. You take this break. I'll take care of them. And you look after them so they can have that time in Bible study. It's so easy to say, Well, i got a few moments of freedom now. I finally got them down for a nap. Ooh, I'm going to do something else. Flip that television on or pick up this book. Pick up the Bible. Use that time to get along with God. You must spend time in His Word if you're going to grow into holiness. So as you carry forth the many responsibilities of motherhood, exercising faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint, God is using motherhood as His very tool to conform you to the image of His Son. There is no higher calling than Christian motherhood. There is no career more deserving of your highest aspirations, your highest ambitions, girls, than Christian motherhood. If God enables you to be a Christian mother, you don't need and have to have any other career. You can reach your full potential there. And you have not wasted yourself. You have reached God's pinnacle for you as you grow in spiritual maturity in that realm. Now, let me just say a few words to those of you who are not mothers. This is Mother's Day, and so you understand why we're centering on mothers. But I have been speaking about God's overall design and purpose. But now there are situations where God does not allow or ordain for a woman to have children. And those situations, then God's arena for you to grow into spiritual maturity, I believe, is in being a Christian wife. There are other cases where God's plan does not involve marriage or children for a woman. In those situations, God has a plan for you. He has a place for you to grow into spiritual maturity. And you must seek Him and find that place. But there is a place for single women in God's plan. But God's overall plan for women is that they grow into their spiritual maturity in motherhood. Now, husbands, let me say a word to you. Appreciate your wives. Encourage them. They need that encouragement. Talk to them. You've been out working all day, talking to people. They've been at home with kids, talking probably to nobody. And you get home and they say, how did it go? And you say, huh? That well, huh? Yeah. And you don't want to talk anymore, but they just start, man, let's talk. I want some adult conversation. And so you have got to be sensitive to them, encourage them, listen to them, talk to them. 
Remind them of the importance of what they do. This will do two things. First of all, it will make your wife really love you. You remind her of how important what she does is. And then if you have daughters in the home, they will see how valuable motherhood is. You see, if our daughters are growing up and they never see anybody saying, Mama, you're doing a great job. Man, this is important. Honey, this is important what you're doing. This is the greatest thing you can do. How can we expect them to grow up thinking that motherhood is glorious and honorable? But when they hear you, Dad, complimenting mother, talking about how great a job she's doing, how important it is that she's doing something no one else can do, giving a valuable service, more valuable than anyone else can offer to those children, this elevates motherhood in their eyes. They see it as important. And then mothers, don't fall victim to society's views of motherhood. That you must have a career in addition to motherhood to be fulfilled. Don't fall prey to that sub-biblical view. Hear what God says. But she shall be saved. But women shall grow into their spiritual maturity. In the realm of childbearing motherhood, if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. Indeed, motherhood is glorious, honorable above all other careers. Let's in our nation exalt motherhood once again to the high position that it had in our nation. Let's once again recapture God's elevation of motherhood. Let's pray. Father, we trust this message today would be used to affirm for our mothers the importance that you've placed upon motherhood. May they see that indeed they can reach their full potential as Christians and as people in the realm of motherhood. That indeed it is your design and your arena for them to grow into Christ likeness. May they see those everyday chores that they do, the routine, monotonous responsibilities, as a place to grow into Christ likeness. It's a very important and honorable thing. Help us as husbands and fathers to appreciate and encourage them. Help us as children. To appreciate our mothers. In Jesus' name. Amen. Perhaps today you as a mother realize that you're not a Christian even. I believe in order to be the mother God wants you to be, you need to be born again into His kingdom. Because you've got to have the grace of God to be the mother. I don't think any person in their own strength can meet the demands of motherhood sufficiently. It's only as the power of God in us enables us that we can be what He wants us to be. And so if you're not a Christian today, whether you be a mother or not, whether you be a man or a woman, I want to invite you to come to know Christ. If your heart desires to know Him and you realize you've been separated from Him because of your sinfulness and that there's nothing you can do to earn salvation, 
But that Christ, through his life and death and resurrection, has done everything necessary for you to have forgiveness of sins and to be saved. And I want to encourage you to come and surrender yourself to Christ. Throw on yourself upon him to be your Savior. The Bible says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That means to call upon him, lean upon him, depend on him. God, save me. I cannot save myself. I give all to you. I surrender. If you'll do that. The Bible says it is evidence that you have already had the work of God in your life. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll give you a place in heaven. We want to give you an opportunity to respond as we sing our hymn of response.